Done with frizz? Say goodbye to that poof. Repel humidity and tame those flyaways. One drop, frizz stops with John Frieda Frizzy Serum. Your hair talks and frizz never interrupts. John Frieda Frizzy Serum. One drop, frizz stops. Only from John Frieda. Want to make your blonde blonde? Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair to full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Your hair talks. Make a statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection. Only from John Frieda. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a May 23rd Tuesday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for the Associated Press, Real GM, Blazers Edge, former Blazer beat writer, the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of shows covering the NBA, every team except the Nets, and the NFL. And, of course, we try and give you uh, a variety of, of podcasts on this feed, not just uh, you know straight basketball talk by the numbers, by analysis, but we also like to have some fun on this podcast. And uh, last episode we had was with com- my, my two buddies, uh, comedian Seth Johnson and Nick Puente. We had a great time talking about classic NBA, talking about the draft, uh, making jokes, uh, watching an old basketball game in the background. It was a lot of fun. Uh, something very different. It was long, but uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I hope uh, you, you did as well. And I know that last week was kind of a weird week because I ha- I, I was out uh, for, for part of that week, but uh, we're back now. We're going to continue doing the season in review for a lot of the players as we lead up into the draft. Uh, and we're going to break down uh, different groups of players, guys that I'll probably just group together by position mostly uh, and and what roles they play. So that will be the, the determining factor in uh, who gets featured in which episodes. Uh, we're just going to kind of break down what they did, how they performed this season, how they helped how they didn't help, maybe, uh, you know, any places where they could have regressed, perhaps, because uh, that happened this year, especially uh, on one of the guys that we're going to talk about on this episode, Al Farouk Aminu. So uh, we're, we're definitely going to get to that. Before we do, we will uh, round up the limited amount of Blazers news that there is as we approach the draft and we are here waiting for the NBA Finals to get going. Last night in San Antonio, the Golden State Warriors punched their ticket 
to the NBA Finals, completing their sweep of the Spurs. And obviously the Spurs didn't have Kawhi Leonard. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge did not play well in this series at all. He had had a good, he had a really solid game one. uh, But, you know, just didn't deliver in game two when they, in any of the games without Kawhi that they needed. Uh, And and that was a, a bummer for him. Bummer for the Spurs that it was you know had to go that way without Kawhi Leonard for for most of that series and I mean we all we know how hard it is to to win when when Aldridge is is just the number one guy and when he's you know they didn't even have Tony Parker they didn't have Tony Parker they 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 lacked a lot of other good offensive options around him and that they were able to muster up 115 points is is impressive to me frankly uh but again i think Ginobili had the quote last night after the game that going into face the warriors was like going to war with a bat instead of a a gun uh, without Kawhi playing the Warriors without Kawhi is like going to to war with with a bat instead of a gun. So, uh, they were just not uh in position to win this series after Kawhi Leonard went down. Uh, and you know Aldridge wasn't able to muster the the type of performance that uh would have been required. You know would have had to be you know. Uh, a Houston type of performance like he had with the Blazers. Uh, but either way, the Warriors sweep the Spurs 4-0 uh, and advance to the NBA Finals. Kevin Durant back in the Finals. So that should be fun. Uh, and and then Game 4 of Cavs-Celtics is tonight. The Celtics with a great win on Sunday night. Uh, I had a lot of fun watching that game. They played really hard. Love that Celtics team when they they just dig in defensively and they they got a little nasty. Uh, that was a fun game. I think I think this next game could be could be fun. I, I obviously think LeBron is going to come back with a vengeance and uh, after having a, a one ba- after having a bad game, but uh, still uh, that Boston win was fun. Probably one of the bright spots of the playoffs in terms of just, you know, something that goes off script. Uh, I, you know, I like the, the, the Cleveland Warriors collision course. Obviously I think it, it it's, it's going to be a lot of drama. It's going to be a lot of fun when we get to the finals, but it was nice. It's nice to see, uh, the drama and also, uh, LeBron, this is LeBron. Like it, I, not the the fact that he played poorly, but just it wouldn't be LeBron if it wasn't a little dramatic. It, it wouldn't be LeBron if there wasn't a little bit of uh, adversity, backs against the wall situation. It it just wouldn't be uh, a LeBron James playoff run without a little bit of that. And so uh, they're they're hitting it. I mean, kind of like they hit it last year. I mean, they they had some losses in the conference finals. Warriors coasted, all that stuff. So, uh, I, I think the finals will still be great. Uh, but Celtics Cavs tonight should be a fun game. Celtics with a chance to extend the series and uh, make things a little bit harder for Cleveland. So, 
that's what's going on right now in the NBA. Not a whole lot of draft stuff, as I mentioned. Uh, there was uh, Damian Lillard getting into uh, a Twitter beef with Chris Broussard over a comment that he made about Paul George. If Paul George were to go to the Lakers and they don't win, he could become Damian Lillard. And Lillard got mad at that by uh, having his name associated with losing basketball. And uh, so he called into Chris Broussard's show. That was pretty funny. Um, Also, uh, there was news in the NBA about Paul Millsap opting out of his the final year of his contract with the Atlanta Hawks, making him a free agent. And uh, CJ McCollum did the 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 eyes emoji, uh, looking at Paul Millsap. And obviously, you know the money's going to go. He, he's probably going to go where the money is. I mean, there's probably a reason where he's opting out but it could also be maybe he doesn't want to play for the Hawks maybe he doesn't want to play with Dwight Howard maybe he doesn't want to play with Dennis Schroeder who knows these are all just you know potential reasons why he may not want to be in Atlanta even though Atlanta I think they were the fifth seed in the in the east this year uh they had a really solid defense and were mostly pretty good but uh, maybe he wants a change of scenery. Maybe he just wants more money. But uh, Paul Millsap is a free agent. Portland, obviously, with no cap space currently, they would have to clear the decks to make any type of run at a, at Paul Millsap or a player like that in free agency. Uh, would he be a great fit? Absolutely. Uh, at the four, I think he would be a great guy to have in, in Noah Vonley's spot because Vonley... Uh, can play that small ball backup center position if he, it, it, you know, if they were able to get Millsap and and, and keep him. And Vonley showed a lot of growth, but I, I think for for where this team wants to go, I think this team could use that that steady veteran hand, that solid production that you can count on every single night from a guy like Paul Millsap. Uh, obviously, that would be a great hypothetical. Is it possible? Not. Uh, it's possible. Yes. Likely. No. Uh, it would take you know Portland getting uh, an unprecedented amount of money off their books, which they probably wouldn't do in, unless they were able to secure some kind of uh, assurance from from Millsap that he would go with there, but that he would go to Portland. But that remains to be seen. I don't. I just don't, there's no reason to believe that that may happen. But hey, uh, CJ's trying. CJ's. Uh, out there, and and Damon CJ are. This is, it's it's a non-story because uh, maybe maybe it's it's not a non-story because they did it last year, but I feel like they've been doing this a lot more now. Uh, Damon CJ didn't used to be so public in this in the way that they recruited guys, in the way that they tried to, you know, get guys to come to Portland. They haven't been that vocal about it in the past. Uh, you know, Lillard has said guys has, you know, talked about guys that he would like to sign around free agency time, but it, it seems like, you know, CJ is definitely maybe pushing the envelope here a little bit more in trying to add talent and you can't, I can't blame him. Um, 
Also, uh, one bit of Blazers news. This this kind of sucks. Uh, Mike Takedo uh, of the Oregonian veteran sports writer covered the Blazers for a long time, was there uh, when I was covering the Blazers on a daily basis, uh, was one of the folks that was uh, let go from uh, the Oregonian. And uh, major props to Mike Takedo for being the man, being a veteran, being a great writer. Uh, always wrote great leads. I loved reading his his lead paragraphs. He wrote them great. Uh, gonna miss uh, having him around the Portland sports scene. Uh, I'm sure he will resurface, uh, and, and 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 things will work out. But uh, just wanted to give a shout out to Mike Dequito, uh for being the man uh, and and being a great writer, great reporter, and uh, always was a uh, a guy that I looked to when I was getting started in. It, you know, in journalism, uh, a guy that I could talk to, a guy that I can ask stuff uh, of. So really uh, sucks, but, um, you know, I think good things are going to happen for Mike Takedo. So that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, but anyway, uh, I said we were going to continue with our season in review for the Blazers of this past season. And so for today's season in review, I'm going to look at the guys that I like to call the cleaners, uh, that is Al Farouk Aminu and Maurice Harkless, who kind of almost flipped roles this season. It was it was uh, it, it was really interesting because uh, last year when the Blazers won forty four games with a four seed, you know Harkless was the guy who was kind of the odd man out on the on the in the rotation on the bench uh towards the end of the season and then when Myers Leonard got hurt Harkless stepped into the starting lineup and the Blazers got on a roll they beat the Clippers they had a great showing against the Warriors and uh, then they kind of just rolled that into next season to have Harkless at the three with Aminu. They went back to that. That starting lineup with Mason Plumley was good for much of the season, but uh, a couple of things happened that kind of derailed that group. And you know, it could have it could be that 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 calf injury for Aminu was a blessing in disguise because I don't think that I think that without that I, I don't know if they make the trade for Yusuf Nurkic. Maybe they do anyway uh, because they would have had to deal with Plumlee's contract situation in free agency had they kept him. But either way, uh, Aminu missed uh, a lot of time this season. He played only sixty one games, so he missed twenty one games with injury. Uh, after playing all 82 last season. And, and, and Aminu, for his part, has also been uh, a, a pretty durable player for the most part. This was the fewest games he's played in his NBA career at 61. His previous low was 66. Uh, and, and that 66, that, that previous low was also the lockout season. So, uh, this was by far his worst season in terms of being in good health. He talked about it. You know, he's never really been injured in his career. So that was a, a weird adjustment for him and something he talked about at the end of the season. Aminu did. And uh, 
obviously, you know, you have a lot of predictions that go wrong and uh, things that, you know, prognostications that, that you don't get right. But one of the things that I, I, I was right to be concerned about before the season was whether Aminu could sustain his three-point shooting, which was uh, so much better than his career numbers to that point. And what ended up happening this year is his three-point shooting uh, really went in the tank. And I think for most of the season, you know, that really tanked Portland's offense. Obviously, he wasn't healthy, but even when he was, the shooting really just caused a strain on the offense. And then eventually, towards the end of the season, you saw Aminu move to the bench. They move Vonley into the starting lineup, whether that was to get Vonley more experience and just get him more playing time or because Aminu wasn't playing well on offense. And maybe you think maybe you, you just try and stay small and have that versatility on both units, whatever the amount of whatever the reasons that the, the team could have given. The end result was that Aminu ended up on the bench and. And, and 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 then the other side of that is that is that Harkless uh, ended up getting uh, I think a lot of the mean the minutes that Aminu otherwise would have gotten and I uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Harkless was a better three point shooter for most of the season uh, as I mentioned just Aminu for for reference he shot thirty six percent. In the 2015-16 season, the Blazers were, I think, top six in offensive rating. And the the defensive conversation is important, but th- something that gets lost in, in what made the Blazers good and something that I try to continue to bring up to the top of the list is one of the reasons that the Blazers were better last year and that they regressed this year is because their offense regressed. Their offense was worse. They dropped about five spots, and you know they're just outside of the top ten. But the difference between top top five and top ten is 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 an important one because that goes from being you know the elite of the elite to be like okay you're one of the best but you're not quite elite. And so uh, you know Portland's offense last year was was border, bordered on elite, and this year they're they bordered on really good. And so. I think that's an important difference uh, when talking about this season. And I think Aminu's three-point shooting and his injury uh, on the defensive end as well, you know, those two things really hurt the Blazers. And uh, one thing that I think did help, even though it wasn't enough to to get over the hump and win a game in the playoffs – uh, is that Aminu performed well in the postseason uh, once again. And for most of his career, actually, now in three postseasons, he's played 19 or 20 games in, in the postseason. And uh, in those 20 games, he's shooting 42, almost 43% from three, almost 49% from the field. Uh, he, he He's doing well on the glass averaging almost nine boards per 36 minutes so uh and and eight boards per game in the playoffs 13 points which all those numbers are way above his uh career averages for those uh those numbers so um i guess if there's any silver linings it's maybe that there's playoff amino and that playoff amino uh 
does exist and is a thing. Uh, and it was, again, for the most part this season. But I just think, you know, he wasn't getting the minutes uh, or you know, he wasn't starting. I don't think the confidence was there still, even though he shot well in the playoffs. I just think the confidence, he got more confident as the season went on, especially after Nurkic got there. His three-point percentage went up uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, after uh, Nurkic arrived, his three-point shooting down the stretch of the season, February, he shot 41%. He shot 41% in the month of March, which was an, a great month for the Blazers. And then he shot 35, almost 36% in the month of April when he had shot well below. He shot 27% or worse from three up until February. So he needed an quite the, the the great finish uh to the season in terms of his three-point shooting to even get his season average at the end to 33 uh Aminu obviously he he makes the Blazers better on the defensive end and that is something that is not going to change and and that is something that that will always be true is that Aminu makes this Blazers team better on the defensive end you can see that in in on court plus minus they were uh, about almost two points better uh, on the defensive end when he was on the court. So uh, he, he definitely brought that. And, and if he can revive his offensive game, if his shooting can can improve, uh, that that would be fantastic. And, and one other thing, too, we, before we move on to Harkless, uh, it, it was that, you know, he – his three-point shooting was worse, but I thought he did. There's not really a way to quantify this uh, without going into like the sport view stuff, drives per game, and all that stuff. But I, I, he definitely drove more this year. He and maybe that was because he had a lack of confidence in his jump shot, or he worked on his ball handling. I'm not sure which one it was, but uh, he definitely seemed more intent on driving the ball and. He did have a higher percentage of shots around the rim this season, if that is an indicator. Uh, that's according to Basketball Reference. He had almost 32% of his shots come from within, uh, excuse me, yes, 32% of his shots come within three feet of the basket, which was a pretty significant jump from last year where he had 25% of his free throw of his field goal attempts coming from within three feet. Uh, he took uh, less three pointers or a, a, a smaller percentage of his shots from three, but yeah, he did change his shot distribution a little bit, but that may have had to do with confidence and, and, but it also, I think, had to do with the fact that he worked on his ball handling, which is something he talked about and something that was kind of a point of emphasis after the Warriors beat them two playoffs ago was that, you know, guys need to be able to create their own shot uh, when CJ and Dame don't have the ball in their hands. And that's why they brought in Evan Turner and all that stuff. So you can see why he would want to work on that. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I think the hope is that it comes together next year, that both those things, that shooting – and a, a little bit of improved ball handling can come together to make uh, Aminu a better player and to make the Blazers better. Uh, and now we, we move on to Harkless, who I think has who kind of fell into the, not fell into, he kind of earned the role that Aminu had carved out last year. And 
Harkless had uh, his second best season shooting three of his career, and he shot 35%, which was good enough to get him a $500,000 bonus. Uh, I believe it was 500000 for shooting 35% or better. And overall, he, I thought, really improved on the offensive end uh, as a guy that could cut off the ball, a guy that could post up. He looked like he had a lot more confidence in his post-up game, uh, posting smaller guys, and and not that it was necessarily a, a fixture of their offense, so to speak, but in the in the same way that CJ and Dame are, but it was definitely something the Blazers could go to if they're putting a bigger defender on CJ and Dame and they're putting, say, a point guard on Harkless. Harkless was able to use that kind of that wide frame he has, big shoulders, explosive leaping ability to kind of pin guys down behind him, get the ball, take one dribble, and then just rise up with that athleticism and be able to finish. And he was really able to do that. Uh, I thought he he was able to do that really well this season and did it at a higher volume than he had in seasons past. And obviously, in Orlando, he he had his struggles. He was out of the rotation. He he lost his spot, et cetera, et cetera. But he finally got a, a chance and I think he earned it I think you know with the three-point shooting he was the 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 wing that was giving the Blazers the best combination of three and D in one guy uh that they had all year uh Harkless was the the only guy giving the Blazers both of those things for most of the season uh he played really solid defense showed that he could guard bigger guys he played a lot of four he uh, could guard a point guard. He could, you know, he he was uh, a really versatile weapon for the Blazers and is still, and I think has, has a really bright future, only 23, and uh, he, he just continues to grow. And like I mentioned, he, he shot 35% from three on the season. He also had one of his best or his second best season on two-point field goal attempts he shot 57 percent I think again a lot of those cuts off the ball post up opportunities those were the things that where where Harkless got his points and then also open three pointers and uh Harkless had a career high 10 points per game this season so he averaged double figures for the first time in his career and uh again he he's a guy like uh you know, not as not quite as good a defender as Aminu, but uh, he did so much more on the offensive end this season that I I think he was the you know the best three and D wing for most of the year just because Aminu didn't have the the three going for most of the season and even though uh, Harkless is not quite as good or as active defensively and has those doesn't have those long arms that Aminu has where he can really disrupt things. Uh, he was really solid this year, and uh, all of the the contracts that the Blazers have, obviously, are you know they have quite a few uh, tough contracts. But the the Harkless one is not one of them. Uh, he's got three more years left on his deal at uh, around ten million dollars. So uh, 
Harkless, uh, I think his future is really bright. Uh, if it, it seems like coming to Portland has really restarted his career, really given him a jump start, and now you're seeing why he was uh, nearly a lottery pick the year he got drafted. And you're seeing, uh, you know, this season, I think we also saw a little why when you talk to guys on the Blazers, they're, they they were so excited about Mo Harkless. They they rave about how athletic he is, all the things that he does in practice, and, and all the things that he can do athletically that are really unique to this team because they this team doesn't have a whole lot of guys who are as athletic as Harkless. And now you're kind you're, – you're starting to see him – put things together and at that contract at that market price uh i think he, he's gonna really help the blazers he he struggled in the playoffs really bad it, it has to be said he he did not perform when the blazers needed him to in the postseason he shot uh 17 from three and i'm rounding up on that one uh draymond green really got into his head it felt like but uh yeah, the Blazers really had to fight to get into the playoffs. The Warriors have swept everybody, so it's not uh, it's not as if they are alone in that. But uh, you know, Harkless, I think, still has a lot to build on. You know, he had a really nice playoff last season. Came had a really bad playoff this year, and maybe you know next year he can he can evolve and grow. But uh, at the same time, uh, we we talk about all the, the again contractually. Uh, Harkless is also quite the asset for the Blazers if they if they want to make a move. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of Harkless's growth can be linked to his time here in Portland and the fact he's playing with Lillard and McCollum and he's playing with uh, and he has this coaching staff that believes in him and he's been working and practicing in an environment that it, you know is all about improvement and getting better and maybe that's why he's gotten better but you know you look at those numbers you look at his contract you look at his production in the last couple of years and you think to yourself hey you know if you're another team you know, here's a 23 year old wing who is showing is showing you know an improving three point shot he can score on smaller guys in the post uh, may not be able to create his own shot, but can be a really good three and D wing that can give you a little bit more than just threes on offense. Uh, maybe you know that's a guy that the the Blazers could put out there for for a potential trade out, and and uh, at worst is a guy that they can keep and put in the starting lineup for years to come alongside CJ and Dame. Will he evolve into a star? I don't think so, but um. At, at 23, uh, with uh, a guy that he's that is looking like he's getting better, I think uh, the situation with Harkless and Aminu is, is a very good situation for the Blazers either way uh, because they're both versatile. They both bring a lot. I think they both really are, when they're out there with CJ and Dame, they really balance them out. And if they can uh, get the get the other side of their games together, whether it's Harkless on the defensive end being a little bit more rugged and Aminu being a little bit more consistent with a three point shot, uh, you know that would that would go a long way to helping the Blazers. Uh, but Harkless, I think, was was really solid this year, really played well, and really deserved all the praise that he got. Got that bonus and uh, was really the probably the third most consistent player on this Blazers team. Uh, this season because Nurkic didn't come towards the end. Crab was up and down. Turner was up and down. 
so outside of CJ and Dame, I think Plum or uh, Harkless was really there pretty frequently, and so uh, and and Plumley too before he was gone, he was pretty consistent, but. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. Hope you liked the season review of the cleaners, see, uh, Aminu and Harkless, excuse me. And we'll, we'll keep doing uh, the rest of the roster as the uh, May and June moves on into the draft and we move past the finals and all that stuff. So uh, keep it Locked On Blazers. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, TuneIn FM, wherever you can get a podcast. We are there. Leave us a five-star review. And uh, we'll be back with you again soon.